Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local church. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, fresh off of Brown's loss, ending, season-ending loss, Jack Berry. Jack, Ah, my friend, my, my sincerest, my sincerest and utmost heartfelt condolences to you in this in in this time my yeah. thoughts and prayers go out to you in this time my friend i i went to the cigar lounge mm-hmm. and got the biggest vitola sizing of the sober mesa brulee <laughs> and i said it's going to be a long one people oh, and it was just when they yeah. they uh i think they scored so they held them to a field goal at first yeah and they were on their first um touchdown drive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just scored when I walked into the cigar lounge with my brother-in-law and his friends right. and I went into the and I went to the uh, the humidor and I'm like I need to find something that is the biggest Vitola size cigar that I can get that's somewhat decently priced right so, so I just got like a it had to be a Churchill uh, sober Mesa brulee and it was tasty yeah. but yeah it was I, it wasn't tasty when old Joey Flacco started to throw pick sixes, mm. like he was just giving them out, like it was turkeys on Thanksgiving. So, yep, yep. I'm sorry, but your Packers, dude. My Packers, your Packers. Though. That's a different story, dude. That is. How about that them, is Packers? That is right. a a story we can all celebrate. Because let's be yes. honest, everybody hates everybody hates the Cowboys. Let's be honest about that. Everybody yeah. wants the Cowboys to we just do. go off into the abyss somewhere. Yep. And that makes for musty TV. When this, when mm-hmm. the first number seven seed uh, dethrones the Cowboys and just puts everybody in a tailspin. Oh yeah, that is must see TV, people. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. I'm absolutely. loving that. I'm loving that storyline right there. Yeah, so. it was a good day. A sad day for the Browns. Good day for the Packers. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was wondering how they were going to do post Aaron Rodgers and uh, old Dude. old old Jordy Love. Man, he's he's answering the call. 
And here's somebody the thing. <laughs> like this has been this has been the pattern of the Packers forever. Right. It's always the number two guy that's been he's been sitting. He's been marinating. He's been yeah. marinating in the in the crockpot of greatness. Right. You had yeah. Rogers under under Favre and now you got love under Roger. Dude, I'm telling you, man, like somebody we just, we call keep these guys in the humidor. <laughs> Yeah, he's like much. a well-seasoned cigar. Yeah. Somebody called him Brother Love's uh, <laughs> Traveling Salvation Show on the commentary. <laughs> I love it. Like that awesome. Neil Diamond song. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. Like, don't say that ever again. But that was funny. Yeah. Um, dude, good. he was lighting him up. Oh, yeah. The defense. It's funny because everybody. So here in Seattle. Mm hmm. If you're not a football fan, so just a backstory, the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, was actually the originator of how we got Seattle Seahawks and the quote unquote Legion of Boom. And he absolutely just crumpled, right. crumpled like a house of cards last night. So if he's the head coach of Seattle, um, that's the worst hiring decision that they're ever going to make to replace Pete Carroll. But I mean, hey. You'll make it's a time of change. That point. It's yeah. a time of change, my friend. Time of change. Jack, my friend, before we hop into our very spicy uh, mm. topic today, why don't you give us the reformatory cigar of the week? What do you have for us today, my friend? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls. Well, this isn't for the of boys age. And girls, but yeah, of age, uh, mm -hmm. over 21 in some states. Yes. Um so, uh, as we all know, January is for Hoya de Nicaragua. Um, yeah. And uh, this is going to be interesting. So, this is a cigar that is pretty much brand new. Um, I have heard pretty rave reviews about the cigar. Um, I have yet to smoke it. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I think we need to generate some spin around this. Um, primarily because of the tobacco profile. Uh, and also, I think the MSRP is really important, too. But um, this cigar is the Cinco de Cinco by Hoya de Nicaragua. <laughs> um, it is the five out of five, so to say, because it is the 55th anniversary cigar of Hoya de Nicaragua. So this, uh, in June 28th, this uh, 2023, so last year, it was the 55th anniversary of Hoya de Nicaragua. So they made this uh, cigar kind of as a as a tribute to their anniversary. Um, this one is kind of up our alley. This is why I picked this cigar, mm -hmm. right? It is a it is from uh, kind of more vintage aged tobaccos, including a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, mm -hmm. okay, and a Nick and Nicaraguan fillers and binders, okay. That's pretty much what Josh and I have been kind oh, of yeah. vibing on lately. Oh, uh, yeah. If it has Mexican San Andreas, if it has Nicaraguan binders and fillers, if it has Ecuadorian, uh, any kind of Ecuadorian grown tobacco in there too, like yep. it's it's as good as gold at that point. Um, so a little bit more on the fuller body side of things, um, but it has some, it has, it's like fuller bodied, but it's still kind of medium to full kind of in strength. Um, earthier kind of um, tasting notes, hints of cocoa and dark chocolate. Um, yeah. And then 
This is what really was interesting me, is the MSRP rates. So the I was I was kind of interested by this because the Robusto and the Corona Extra are MSRP'd at $16. Mm-hmm. And I would go at that point with the Corona Extra, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, because it's a little bit more... Uh, it may have a little bit longer tobacco, so you're probably going to get more flavor out of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That is the Cinco de Cinco by Hoya de Nicaragua. I love it. For, um, what is this, the third week in January? I think we're think the so. third now. Yeah, January's flying by, in dude. January? Uh, it is. It's the third week, dude. Yeah, it's there the 18th. Yeah. Yeah, things are flying. Flying yeah, by check, in January. Go check that cigar out. Um, yeah, it's if, a good if one. You are, if you are part of the Podluck, mm-hmm. the exclusive club. You should be. Um, tell us if you smoked that cigar and what do you think of it? Because That's right. if I put out bad recommendations, I need to... I need to maybe uh, repent of them yeah, <laughs> as fast right. as I can on other episodes. That's right. So. that's right. Well, no repenting here, Jack. You, my friend, nope. uh, as always, bring in the heat with those cigar reviews. Really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week, and you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So today um, we're getting into a little drama. All right. But I think this has some uh, good practical application to the local church. Okay. Um, For those who are on the Twitters, the tweeters, um, the tweakers, right? Um, (laughs) Over the past couple of weeks, there was a massive kind of debate that kind of went through the more conservative Christian Twitter. and it's centered around a guy. His name is Eric Kahn. Okay. Um, and uh, Eric Kahn, I think we've talked about him on some, some podcasts and uh, or I think some podluck. I think it was. Some yeah. Podluck I think some podlucks. Yeah. He, he put out, um, he put out a, a, a pretty, I would say a pretty, I'm going to call it juvenile tweet uh, <laughs> about uh, Paul Tripp. Now, Paul Tripp, a yep. Christian author, you know, a speaker, a counselor, right, um, has done actually a lot of really good things for the church. Um, you're never going to agree with a guy on everything, but but for the most part has been has been, you know, good and helpful. Right. Yep. Uh, also, uh, Paul Tripp. Uh, well, let's just let's just get into this. OK. Um, this guy, Eric Kahn, on Twitter posted a picture of Paul Tripp um, and the caption that, that that Eric put on this picture of Paul Tripp is as follows. I'm quoting here. He says, uh, quote, John the Baptist did not dress in effeminate soft clothing. Such cannot be said about Big Eva <laughs> and then something jellicalism leaders and N G E L. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he's trying to say there. I'm not smart enough to parse <laughs> it out. Um, but basically, uh, he shared a picture of Paul Tripp yeah. in his uh, sweater, scarf, uh, trendy glasses, right? Um, and calling him out for being effeminate, soft, uh, and a big Eva leader, right? Um, uh, and this tweet, uh, pr- it, it, it exploded. It, it, it 
found its way around, um, yeah. which I will say right off the get go was the intention. <laughs> oh, of course. All right. Uh, oh, 301,000 views, 32 reposts, 182 quotes, 483 likes, um, and uh, tons of comments. All right. It's tons of comments. I think it got like 600 some odd comments. Um, so this, I will say, is par for the course for this Eric guy. Again, I don't know Eric personally. I don't know really anything about Eric. Uh, All I know is things that I see in passing on social media. And what I can say that I know about Eric just from observing things is that he's quite the rabble rouser. He enjoys getting under people's skin. Uh, He does enjoy being the provocateur on the Twitters. And um, posts like this are pretty, uh, pretty common for this guy. Uh, He enjoys poking the bear. Um, it's yeah. something that, that he does. Um, and uh, so, you know, we've talked at length on this podcast of why we have issues with that, especially for men who are in leadership in the local church, which I believe I don't know if he is. A, he was. He was. A, he was he a pastor. Was a I don't pastor. think he is currently now. No. Um, of what I understand. He's a CEO. I'm just reading his bio. He's the CEO and founder of New Christendom, which I don't really know. Oh, it looks like it's a publishing house. Um, he's uh, the host of the. <laughs> <laughs> Say it, Josh. <laughs> Say the podcast. Name. <laughs> he's the host of the Hard Men podcast. <laughs> All right. Oh, it gets I'm worse, gonna, people. I, 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 I can say some stuff if you want, but no, it gets I'm just worse. Leave it there. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, co-host of a couple other podcasts. Uh, he's a Western native, and he's an avid hunter. Uh, so that's cool. Um, I also enjoy hunting. Um, anyway, so and he enjoys calling men on Twitter kings, which I think is a is a okay. is that a Gen Z thing. Like like calling people kings, like okay king, uh, is that like the new like yeah. slay queen? Yeah, only I think the it's male the version. Male, I think it's the ma- I think it's the male version. Like, okay. uh, if you've seen the memes, you'll so people will say, yeah, you 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 drop this, and it's like inserting a crown. Oh, I got <laughs> into you. like okay. a yes, cart- yes, yes, into yes. like Mario Mario's right. hands to like Dude, give it to him or something like this. So has this podcast gone full circle? Have I turned into Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> dude josh like, i think I you I, like i'm the new josh you are now you daniel just, now let's you be just honest culturally <laughs> inform me i feel like you did oh my goodness this is what wow. it feels like i don't like this at all anyway um so yes this eric khan guy obviously enjoys the limelight obviously knows how to get the limelight uh, and does so often with his very uh, provocative posts and things like of uh, of that sort. So, yeah. um, you know, like I said, we could do a whole app on why we think that is an issue. That's really not the the point. We we could we have before, um, but I think most of our listeners understand at least why we have a problem with that demeanor online, especially if someone who's attempting to. Uh, you know, be kind of a leader in the, you know, reform circles. Um, but what I, what, what we want to talk about today is specifically this propensity that we see among 
conservative Christians, and I'll, I'll, I'll even go nearer, reformed conservative Christians, to make judgment calls on an individual's spiritual maturity based on something that displays itself on the outside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, just a little while ago, you know, a couple, I would say a couple months, I think we did it in December maybe sometime. We did an app, or maybe it was at the beginning of this month maybe. We did an app on um, legalism, fundamentalism, like like not not, you know, looking to things that you do as being kind of the barometer of, you know, not binding each other's conscience, right? Yeah. Um, that, you know, that and <clears throat> taking outside outside details looking at the outward the uh-huh. outside of the man and using it as the barometer for maturity and really honestly at least publicly the only barometer that's used yeah. is a very dangerous and a very um immature practice right yeah. um now again there are if you have an issue, right, with Paul Tripp, mm-hmm. and you believe that issue is important enough to bring it to the forefront and bring it into the public, bring it into the public sphere, right? I would maintain that that issue better be doggone important. Otherwise, keep it to yourself. Yeah. Okay. I have an, a, 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 a real big problem because, one, I've been the recipient of it a lot, and I have seen the damage that happens when other people are the recipients of it as well. I have a real big problem, Jack, with spiritual maturity being gauged by how a person looks, how they mm-hmm. dress, yep. or the conscience uh the the things that they will engage in that that have you know that are that are connected to conscience that aren't sinful that are connected to conscience right and us taking those things and because they don't fit with how we do things we will slap the term of you know spiritually immature or in eric khan's case Effeminate. Effeminate, yeah. Effeminate, which is, yeah. here's the thing. The Bible warns against that, right? The Bible warns against uh, being men being engaging in, in, in an effeminate lifestyle, right? Sure. That's a pretty serious charge to bring against yeah. someone, uh, you know, a, a Christian brother, okay? Yeah. It is a charge that, that has to be taken uh, seriously, right? Um. And he brought it against Paul Tripp based on how Paul Tripp was dressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, Jack, I've got I've got a lot more to say on this. I'm going to throw it over to you real quick because there's yeah. there's uh, there's more that that I want to say on on that particularly. But again, I don't want to monopolize the combo. So I know yeah. I know you got thoughts on this, buddy. Sure. Absolutely. Um I think this last Lord's Day, we've, well, this last couple Lord's Days, um, before we make our move into uh, the middle school that we'll be meeting at all together 
we're having one combined service. Yes, we're going full nine Marxists on you and having one combined service at this middle school auditorium. Instead of two services, we've been having a series called uh, Gospel Culture and just what that looks like in community. And we've been primarily sitting in Romans chapter 12 in the back half. Um, well, kind of like in in most of the chapter, but there's there's the front half and a back half of that chapter that is applicable to the church and then to people outside the church. And I think in, you know, if, if you've been, if you've not been attuned to that language, uh, gospel culture, it is by, uh, it's kind of been more, I would say, um, I wouldn't say popularized, but more familiarized by a guy named Ray Ortland. Uh, his son, Gavin was a pastor out here in California. He moved back actually to Tennessee where, um, Ray is at, and then Dane Ortland as well too, who wrote Gentle and Lowly. Ray Ortland is, um, he was a pastor, uh, at a church and he's an author and he wrote this little green book in the nine marks book series called the gospel. And it talks directly about this. And, um, I'll, I'll quote a couple of people cause one of my pastors actually talked about how this kind of stuff that Mr. Khan does uh, is absolutely a detriment to our witness uh, to the outside world. Because, uh, unfortunately, um, it's funny, Anne Rice, the famous author, she uh, was quoted, she had been in and out of the Catholic Church, she had been in and out of Protestantism for most of her life as well, too. I think she was raised Catholic, if I'm not mistaken, and she went in and out of the church many different times. And an interviewer kind of asked her, um, you know, why, why are you disengaging with your faith right now? And she said, because Christians have lost credibility to the culture because all we do is fight. We don't, we don't love people. We don't try and help them out. We're not known for our generosity or compassion. We're known because we want to literally pick up weapons and stab each other in the face <laughs> in the church. We don't want to talk about stuff. We don't want to encourage each other. We would rather go on X or Twitter and just stab each other in the face and then say, look at me, look at, look at what I've done today for the Lord. You know, just like ridiculous stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think another detriment in our modern society too. And I think why people don't want to go to church, unfortunately I think the only people that are coming to church are actually people that you know of who are Christians inviting them into a local church. I think that's pretty much a way that actually this de-churching kind of wave is actually like getting pushed back against because a lot of people are getting invited to church by their friends who are Christians mm -hmm. and they're actually going and asking questions that are pertinent to the faith. Um, but uh, another leader within kind of more, um, I can't remember what my pastor said his name was, but he talked about how uh, in recent years, people don't like Christians necessarily because of our beliefs. People don't like Christians because we really, I don't think we really believe what we actually are preaching. Because if we believe what we are preaching, Stuff like what happens on X or Twitter, 99% of the time would never happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's for sure true. 
I think a yeah. lot of this too has to deal <laughs> with um, how do we view authority? How do I view my role in the church? Can I just free wheel and just call anybody effeminate or even homosexual or gay that I want to outside the church and have no consequences to that? Yeah. I, I, I think, honestly, if I were to do that in my local church, you bet your bottom dollar that I would be in my pastor's office having to answer for what the heck is wrong with you. <laughs> well, and it's not even it's not even calling out like obvious sinful lifestyles. It's it's calling Paul Tripp gay and effeminate. Let's be honest like, about like, it. Yeah. Like, like it's not that it's not that like like we're using it as a put down, right? Yeah. Obviously we call out sin when there's when it's in the church, right? If someone is coming to church, they come through your doors and they're a practicing homosexual, yes, we're going to like apply scripture to that because scripture is our authority. But but to call but to 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 take a a guy like Paul Tripp who has again, he's done a lot of good stuff for the church, right? To take this guy who's done more for the church than Eric Kahn has. Okay. Just to be clear. And because he's wearing a cardigan, he's wearing a fancy scarf and he has some trendy glasses on. You're going to call him effeminate. Right. And you're going to in, in so doing calling into question his spiritual maturity, his fitness for many, like all of those things, because we know that if someone is effeminate, they shouldn't be in those positions scripturally, right? So you're not only attacking him personally, you're calling into question his position and the role that he's in within the local church, right? Yeah. Because of how he's dressed, okay? Now, if Paul Tripp was standing there in high heels, <laughs> pantyhose, and a skirt, <laughs> all right? Yeah, yeah, some some yeah. some conversation. Let's have let's have that. the yeah. conversation. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why the heck is he dressed like that? That's <laughs> odd, weird, yeah. and he shouldn't be doing that. Okay, obviously, right? But to call Paul Tripp, and again, this is three weeks after he called you know Matt Chandler out for wearing that that it was obviously a Christmas cat, cat like, sweater, the cat sweater <laughs> that he and his wife and his like two girls were in, you know, this, the, the goofy like Christmas pajama photos that yeah. everyone does. That's, it was that version of that. I think it was they got him his staff too or something. Yeah. Like that, they got him like a pink, yeah. like, like, like cat sweater. It was obviously a joke. He's probably never actually going to wear it in earnest. And he took a picture with his wife and his daughters all wearing the same like pink cat sweater. It was, it was funny. It was, it, whatever. Eric Kahn does the same thing. He's like, look, yeah. behold the feminization of the American pastor. And it's like, look, I have a lot of bones to pick with Matt Chandler and yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, well, we do. There, there's a, we, there's a better lot of things there, got bones to pick there that yeah. I would love to have a conversation <laughs> with him about, uh, but the I'm, way not gonna just, yeah. I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste time calling out his sweater. Right. Yeah. And guys like this, like it's this bravado like overly macho like look at me look how manly i am and i'm going to show you how manly i am by by calling every other person that that isn't like me i'm calling them effeminate right yeah. and look guys like again can we be clear like what is what does scripture say right let's let's actually go to the word of god let me pull this up cuz i think this is important okay First Samuel 16, verse 7. 
Okay, background. Samuel is looking for the next king of Israel. He has been commissioned by God to find the next king. He comes to the house of Jesse, and he sees all these masculine men, big and strong, rugged and good looking, right? Like Saul was, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, it's got to be this guy. Oh, it's got to be this guy. Oh, it's got to be this guy. And God keeps turning him down, saying, no, 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 no. What does God say to Samuel, the prophet of the Lord? For Samuel 16, verse 7, he says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not what man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Okay? Now, What this is not advocating for is a blind acceptance of all lifestyles and everything, right? Everything that comes with that is, oh, this, because some people take this too far and be like, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. Well, be careful with that because from the outflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm -hmm. And the life lives and our actions, it comes from the heart. So it's not a complete rejection of what's going on on the outside because often, you know, what comes out of the mouth and what comes out in our practice is evidence of things that are going on in the heart, right? It's a good barometer, but it's not supposed to be the only barometer, right? And that's yeah. the problem I have with this post from Eric Kahn is if he's going to just make fun of Paul Tripp's glasses and his sweater and, and scarf, which again, there's nothing inherently effeminate about a sweater and scarves, okay? Yeah. But because... Eric Kahn thinks it is, well, then it must be so. Okay. Now, again, he can come out and say, I know like James White called him out for it, you know, and saying like, hey, that's that's surprising to me. Well, yeah, sure. Old Jimmy White called him out. You know, and I would say, I would say that I thought, you know, okay, he's obviously like joking. He's going in for some jest, which is something that James White called him out for. James White actually called him out and said, "Okay, you know, you know, in 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 summary, you had your fun. It got the clicks. Let's move on. You know, good for you." Eric Kahn actually responded and he was like, "No, actually, you're making an assumption that this was a joke. I'm dead serious." <laughs> okay? So, if it's Dude, not a joke, if you're actually being serious, yeah. Why is this what you're looking at? Well, here's the thing too that is interesting about the language that he uses and that I've been seeing from other people Mm -hmm. within this kind of um, the CREC, Doug Wilson, and kind of this kind of Eric Kahn world, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There has been a resurgence of the usage and standardization somehow of John the Baptist being the X all be all <laughs> yeah, person right. of, and it's not, and it's not just only like what you wear. It's how you explain the gospel. This yeah. is what's weird to me mm-hmm. is that I've been hearing lately from some pastors and mind you, this is on social media, but social media gets broadcasted out and, and oh, starts yeah. it's, to, it's it starts to reveal what's going on in other different churches and other different areas of the country, right? Mm-hmm. In the Pacific Northwest, I think that 95% of the population up here could give a rat's butt about what we're talking about right now. Sure. But the fact of the matter is, if you go to a church in the Pacific Northwest, and if a guy would, would if a pastor would come up and say, 
you know, if you are not hearing the gospel, like John the Baptist would say, what? Like, literally, it doesn't matter. Like, he didn't use any of the other apostles. It has to be how John the Baptist said it. It is an interesting, it is an interesting (laughs) conversation. I don't know if it's simply because, like, he is, again, I don't think this is all of it. This is just me spitballing, okay? Mm -hmm. This is me trying to connect dots, right, where I see dots that can be connected, okay? I don't think this is all of it, but I think it's because we see John the Baptist in Scripture because of the context that he's in, because of the job that he was given. We see such, he was very, he had so much zeal, and he had so much passion, Mm-hmm. And the things that the Lord had called him to do required him to be sharp with his language. Yeah. Right? It required it. Okay. To the point to the point of him getting beheaded. Correct. By Herod. Correct. So, yeah. I think there are men in our churches today that take that mm-hmm. and they say this is the template for how we engage the culture. Look at how John the Baptist engaged with Herod. This is how we engage with anything that we deem Herod-esque, okay? Yeah. Now, there are times when we as God's people need to use strong language when addressing sin, okay? But these type of men go beyond that. Oh, yeah. They go beyond wisdom. They go beyond discernment because our words should never be void of grace. The truth that we sh- that we speak should never be void of grace and gentleness. Now, that can look different in different contexts, okay? Let's be mm-hmm. clear. But it should never be void of it, okay? And these yeah. guys, I believe, take what they see in Scripture of John the Baptist, and you're right, strangely, it's always John the Baptist, right? Because, you know, and, I mean... And, and, I get... I got nothing against John. Honestly, no, I love John the Baptist. John the Baptist is, he's and the his greatest vibe. man that ever lived, according to very, Jesus. Like, yes, very metal, very Northwest. Oh, I yeah. mean, let's yeah, be honest, very grunge. Like, yes, very grunge. <laughs> um, but I mean, the way the way that the way that I describe the gospel yeah. is not just John the Baptist. Like, no, let's be honest. No, there's a whole other line of texts. Oh, yeah, that talk that that continue. Peter has sermons. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. You're not going to be like Peter? Yeah. Uh Stephen. Stephen has a long sermon before he gets martyred. Yep. Um, Paul. Paul has a long basically apology to how he came to be mm-hmm. um a Christian in front of right. King Agrippa who is part of Herod's this is another Herod basically. Right. Um right. over and over again people. So like why just John the Baptist? I think part of it has to be this. I think we're going into an era where now somehow in order for you to be a Christian, we are now majoring on the minors. Mm. We, you have to dress a certain way. Yep. You have to do certain things. If you don't do them, your salvation gets questioned and your sexuality apparently now. <laughs> um, if you don't do X, Y, and Z the mm-hmm. way you, the way that we think that you should, uh, you're not a believer. 
And honestly, people, that is the worst take on the planet when it comes to the text of Scripture. Well, because what ends up happening (laughs) in those contexts is it makes you and your interpretation of the authority not what the Bible says. Yeah. Okay? Because the Bible doesn't say anything about sweaters and scarves, right? Or trendy glasses. It says men don't... It it tells men to not blur the lines. We're supposed to not blur the lines, right? Men are supposed to look like men. Women are supposed to look like women. Now, depending on the culture that you're at, that looks different. Depending on the time period that you're at, that looks different. Okay? Let's go back 300 years when every (laughs) man in government was wearing a powdered wig. Okay. And some uh, and some like, knickers, by the way, and too. some knickers. Like <laughs> you look at, but 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 we don't hear people calling that out, right? Oh yeah. All right. I mean, look again. It's so subjective, right? And this is the problem when you begin to make that the standard mm. is you can't be consistent. Well, you're drawing right? a circle at this point. What? What people like Eric Conn are doing are drawing drawing a circle so small that they can't themselves stand inside of it, and then at some point no. it's gonna yeah. come. It's gonna come. It's gonna come to a, a passing point like this, to maybe he gets called out. Because here's by the thing. somebody. Well, well. On that note, again, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound petty, but I, I use this as a means of a of a word picture and an example. Okay, mm-hmm. he calls. Uh, Paul trip out for being effeminate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Me. Okay. A kid who grew up in the sticks in Tenasket, Washington on a horse ranch, right? Breaking horses, slaughtering animals. I look at Eric Khan's profile picture and I think that's kind of a girly hair. Like that haircut's like pretty, pretty soft. Like again, <laughs> I'm not going to like, I'm not going to make a deal about it. Right. But the sinful part of me, the sinful part of my heart yeah. looks at Eric Khan and if I'm going to use the same barometer because of the context that I grew up in and the people that I grew up around, Ericon looks soft. Right? I'm just saying it. Again, but that's not the barometer. <laughs> okay? Yeah, I don't know Eric Khan. Exactly. Yeah. All right? And if I'm just using a picture of Eric Khan to make my judgments about Eric Khan, that is unwise, ungracious, and unchristian of me. Yeah. Okay? But I'm just saying, like, 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 to your point, it's it's completely subjective. You're not able to be consistent, and and depending on the context that you grew up in, Paul Tripp's an effeminate to Eric Khan. Eric Khan looks effeminate to me. Like, we can play these games, or mm-hmm. we can stop looking at the outward appearance, like God does, and look at the heart. All right. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I want to know what is the heart behind these things. I want to know Eric's heart. I want to know Paul Tripp's heart because that's what God looks at. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to waste time looking at the branches of the outside stuff. Right. I want to know what's mm-hmm. at the root because yep. I can deal with the branches all day and you'll never actually get to the issue. I want to know what's at the root. Right. If I think a guy is legitimately, uh, dressing in in a feminine manner all right i'm not going to just come right out and deal with how he's dressed i'm going to the heart mm-hmm. i because from the outflow of the heart those things come from okay yeah. i would be wasting my time just to be like you should stop dressing like that well why i didn't give him any reason yeah right i need to go to the heart of the issue i need to know where is he where's his relationship with christ Where's his relationship with the gospel? 
Where is, uh, what's his view on the authority of scripture? These are the things that I need to get to. But if I just do what Eric Kahn does and just call out how a guy looks, I'm missing the point and I'm yeah. not being an effective leader. I'm not shepherding correctly. And I'm just showing myself at the end of the day to be really immature. Like this is, this is middle school stuff, like making fun of a kid's glasses. Well, like, well not on t- I was going to bring this up as well too, but it makes me question who is over him as far as a spiritual authority, because if he can get away with this in his local church mm. and and people are just going to let it slide like this. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't know who your pastors are, but man, if I was your pastor and this was happening, I'd have some serious conversations about you, about what's going on. Why do you think that this is a huge major issue? Right. Like right. this isn't a tertiary issue. You think this is a primary first, first things issue. Mm hmm that apparently hinders the gospel in some way of, of what you're communicating online. And man, I don't know what to say to that. That's, um, I mean, I know what Jesus would say to that. It it tells me one of two things. (laughs) It tells me one of two things because it keeps happening. Right. It tells me either he, you know, Eric again, and I'm, all of this is public. Like I'm not, I'm not airing any yeah. any private laundry here. It tells me that 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 him and guys and guys like him that engage in this kind of stuff, they either have no authority over themselves, or the authority that they do have over them, like agrees with what they're doing. Which both options are scary to me. I just yeah, and I and I think too. Like I said, if if this is the legacy that we're leaving if this is the witness that we're giving to the outside world, that this is the way the church operates, this is the way Christians relate to one another. It is the worst possible way to display our faith out in the public sector, Mm. out in the, out in the public square too, because what it tells other people is I can, I can just get away with whatever I want and I won't get in trouble. I'll actually be hailed a, a, a hero of the faith. Of what? <laughs> of what, dude? Like, you think that your crusade is to call out Paul Tripp for looking effeminate, and somehow that is to the glory of God? Bro, you have got to be, your wires are crossed up. Well, yeah, and it's, again, <laughs> it's just it's just a manifestation of a bigger problem that we see within the local church. Yeah. And it's that we're, we we lack the discernment to engage with things that we disagree with in an effective and biblical way. And because we lack the discernment and we lack the wisdom on how to engage in those things, we resort to childish methods of dealing with things that we disagree with. So we're going to, you know, we're going to hit them or we're going to, we're going to make fun of their glasses. We're going to push them and you're shove them in a locker, right? It's, it's like, it's this type of behavior instead of actually engaging in the things that you disagree with, because there would be a profitable discussion there, right? If you disagree, uh, you know, with, you know, Paul trip on some things, let's have the discussion. It would be good. Let's have the discussion and we will be mutually, we, we will be mutually benefited. And, and hopefully at the end of the conversation, we'll both be a little sharper. Right. And we'll yep. understand each other. But we can't do that when the methodology is to just start by calling a guy's sexuality into 
question because yeah. of how he dresses. Like, I can't have a convo after that. And in today's day and age, Jack, with how blurry those lines are in our culture and how much the you know that kind of stuff is now at the front of the doors that we have to deal with uh, as a church, I got to be able to have the convo. We got to be able to call actual sin out. And yeah. you blurring the lines like this isn't helping, especially like where you and I are, Jack, where we are in a culture and in a state that is at the leading <laughs> at, at the oh, forefront yeah. of that stuff. Forefront. All yeah. the trans stuff, all the homosexuality stuff, all the transition, like with kids, like all of it, dude, we are inundated yep. with it. Like I'm like you, we are dealing with the real, like that actually being real. I don't have time to interact with somebody that calls Paul Tripp gay because of his <laughs> scarf. Like I'm dealing yeah. with actual stuff <laughs> and it's like, come yeah. alongside and help me. Yeah. But no, we're 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 playing middle school games and it's just like it's it's discouraging. <laughs> yeah. I uh one final thought from me and then yeah. uh we can kind of go towards the wrap up. When I yeah. um so I serve communion. I served communion this last Lord's Day and then the Lord's Day before that. And that one was probably my hardest to communicate the gospel because I was just getting just torn up over the fact that Jesus called so many different men to himself that pretty much could have hated each other Mm -hmm. if he didn't call them. Mm -hmm. You had zealots, you had fishermen, you had Matthew, who is technically a traitor on all accounts because he was a tax collector for the Romans. Yep. And what happens They're at the last supper Mm -hmm. and they are eating together And Jesus does this marvelous work of washing his disciples' feet and saying these amazing truths about who they are and why he's doing, why he's instituting this ordinance of the Lord's Supper. Why are they supposed to do this? It's to remind ourselves that, like, we're one in the body of Christ. And when you Mm -hmm. do this, when you act this way, you are not really showing that you want to be in accordance with the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You are showing that you really, what you really want is kind of what some zealots wanted. Well, you, you want, want to be war, at the head of the table. You want power. You want all this stuff. You, you want to be like James and you want to be like the sons of Zebedee. <laughs> who, who, who Thunder. sits, who, who sits at your right hand, Jesus, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, but not only <laughs> But it doesn't even matter if you resurrect because you're still going to ask the question of like, well, are you restoring the kingdom now? Mm-hmm. Like just these, like that's what the gospels are trying to get to you because these differences in culture are basically going to get done away with mm-hmm. because what happens is that when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to, oh, that really doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what matters going out to the Gentiles and sharing the gospel or going out to these people, knowing that I'm going to get stoned to death. Like Stephen, I have to go back to my own people and tell them how Jesus actually is the Messiah. And you guys are a bunch of thieves and liars and misappropriators of justice. And I'll probably get killed for it, but you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. 
But you're not doing that. You're going on X and you're calling people out because of how they dress and calling in a question their sexuality. And so I just, I don't know. I think that there is such a bigger and better option that the gospel gives us to unity versus this cheap idea of unity and of orthodoxy and who should be in the church and who shouldn't be in the church. Um, it's just, it's disheartening. Yeah. And I think that people get that kind of, people in the Northwest get that kind of idea of Christians mm. and they'll probably come up to me and Josh and, and say stuff like, Oh, you're a Christian. Are you like this guy? Well, tell me about this. Yeah. And Josh and I have to do the hard work because we have to be the ones that peel back that onion mm-hmm. and start ministering to people that have been lied to <laughs> sure, and about the faith of what it really means to be a Christian. Yeah. So it's really tough to do that. Um, yeah. But like I said, I, I believe in the fact that I hope and pray that guys to this similar mindset would hopefully be unified with other believers that look like Paul Tripp one day Mm -hmm. because Paul Tripp hasn't done anything wrong here, people. No. Um, Until you tell me his, like now, if it was Paul Tripp was dressed like that and like cheating on his wife that day, that's a completely other different story. Oh yeah. It's not. Yeah. It is not. Right. So yeah. Until we have honest discussions about, um, what truly is sin versus cultural sins, mm-hmm. um, and get to a, an agreement on that. It's going to be back to the middle school kind of play yard, yeah, with all this stuff. Well, and and I want to encourage you know, obviously Eric Khan's not going to listen to this. We're such small potatoes for him, so. <laughs> but. Like, We're gonna get called a feminist. I, I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I've killed more animals than Eric. I guarantee you. No, <laughs> because that's the barometer, right? Um, uh, I, I want to encourage. I've Eric. went to Afghanistan, Eric. Okay, <laughs> I put boots on the ground. Almost got my butt blown Jack off about was, a couple different times. Jack was blown up. <laughs> he was blown up in Afghanistan fighting for your freedom. <laughs> Okay. If that's not a Trump card and my vet card that I need to pull you out pull, right there, pull the vet card, baby. <laughs> then I don't know. Oh what my is. gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, look, I want to encourage Eric and encourage guys like Eric. Right? You have a huge platform. You have a lot of people to listen to. You have a lot of uh, very vulnerable and very in, in um, uh, impressionable men that listen to you. You could be such a force for the unity and the advancement of the gospel in the local church. You could be such an encouragement to so many people by using the platform that you have to elevate the local church, the commitment to the local church, right? You could do so much good with your platform, but you missed the mark here. And I really, really, again, like I want to encourage him and guys like him to, to, to really ask the question, like, is this the front lines that I'm supposed to be fighting on right now? 
because it's really easy to get distracted. You get inundated with your own, you know, your own social media stuff or your own, you know, news outlets or books that you're reading or articles that you're writing. And and it's very easy to lose sight of where the actual hot, like, like where the actual fires are, where the actual battles are, where's the enemy breaking through the lines where we need, we need reinforcements here. Right. And you missed the mark. Like that's not where it is right now. Right. So I really want to encourage him. I want to encourage our listeners, people like you have the ability to be such a, a force for the gospel in our culture. And it's not by calling out, you know, it's not by the, 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 these playing these childish games on, on online. It's by focusing and committing to your local church the people that God has in front of you. How can you minister to them more? How can you commit to them deeper? How can you love them and invest in their lives? How can you as your local church reach out to the community that you're in and, and share the gospel with them, right? And to, 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 to actually, actually hold the gospel and, and, and the authority of scripture, like make that the thing that, that you're unified around, not how, you know, how well you put other people down because of how how they dress so there's so much potential here for guys like eric and other and other people like him to do so much good for the gospel and to help you know people like me people like jack other local church pastors that are working their rear ends off to try to minister to their people and be a witness to their community but this kind of stuff doesn't help it's just distracting and it's not productive and it's not what we should be focusing on. So I just want to offer that encouragement again, like, again, there's no reason he's going to listen to this and there's no reason he should listen to me. I don't know him. I'm not a, his pastor. I'm not an authority over him, but I think it's an ongoing issue that we see. And as often what we find in this podcast is that a deeper commitment to your people in the local church that's the remedy for a whole bunch of problems. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I found that personally in my own life. And I think it's just true in general. So Jack, there's a lot more that probably could be said, but we are already running along on this episode, man. Yes, um, so why don't you, uh, my very masculine, very manly, very, very, uh, <laughs> just, just, just rough and rugged co-host why don't you get us out of here my friend <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls if you appreciate josh and i's uh attempts at making the local church central to the believer's life here on the reformatory you can follow us on the sociables if you will uh we are on the metaverse the facebook if you will the instagram goes well with chocolate marshmallow and uh the the sociable formerly known as twitter x find us all at those sociables at the tag at reformatory pod josh you can tell the lovely people how they might support us with some some kashishes that's right listen up kings (laughs) (laughs) did i do it right is that is that i I, I didn't do it right sorry sorry ridiculous (laughs) Uh, there are there are multiple ways that you can support the podcast if you appreciate what we're doing here uh we have a youtube you can head on over to youtube like comment and subscribe ring the little bell for notifications uh you can watch this podcast 
uh, in addition to listen to it. All right. Um, again, we ask this a lot, but we really would appreciate you giving the podcast a like and review. Uh, maybe share the podcast. We haven't really talked about that a whole lot. But if you know of somebody in your local church that could use some encouragement uh, that maybe um, you think would enjoy the podcast, maybe just be more encouraged and committing to the local church, uh, maybe share the podcast. We're on we're all over the place. Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, you know, we're, we're we're everywhere. So it'd be really cool if you wouldn't mind sharing the podcast and maybe getting it around to a few more people. Uh, last but not least, we are on Patreon. That's right. Just like every other podcast, we have a Patreon. And for $5 a month, you could join the podluck. And all the exclusive privileges thereunto shall be yours. Bonus episodes every month. We have a reformatory chat that's pretty cool. Any video content or anything that we're going to be putting out, it's going to go there first. You get these episodes in advance uh, as long as our technology is working. Um and we can actually get stuff out because, you know, tech's going to tech. All right. But if you choose yeah. to do that, we would really appreciate it. It's only for a fiver. It's five bucks, five bucks for the entire month. And if you do so, our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is our pledge to you, our patrons. We thank you all for listening. And we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>